words in our text this morning and therapeutically minister to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, amen. Hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. Glory. We are thankful to our Supreme Savior. And in this church, there will never be any uh, misunderstanding as to who's Lord. Never. There's only one name under heaven. And I don't need Hebrew and Greek and Aramaic. The one name is Jesus. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. I don't see, I don't understand how people can be such feeble-minded people. You've been worshiping Jesus for 40 years and some ignoramus comes along and throws another name at you and you, you got here's somebody that snatched you out of hell somebody that healed your body somebody that made a way out of no way can I get a witness and when we get in trouble we only know to call one name we're we not calling Mohammed. We're not, we not calling Buddha, Hindu. There's only one name that we know how to call. And that's the name of Jesus. Can I get a witness? Amen. And, and in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, no one will ever make me doubt the name of Jesus. Ever putting these sheets on and these turbines on their head and running around here talking about they from some lost tribe and you dumb enough to believe them. Then you come in here looking at me funny. Ain't nothing wrong with me. I know in whom I believe. And I know he's able. Isn't he able? He's able to keep you from falling. He's able to present you faultless before his presence with joy. And we know that all things, don't get down this morning, all things are being worked together for the good. Can I get a witness? And one day you and I will be like the Apostle Paul, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor principalities nor things present nor things to come nor any other thing shall be able to separate me from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord weeping may endure for a night but joy will come in the morning let me tell you how you know you persuaded we are troubled on every side but we're not distressed perplexed but not in despair persecuted but not forsaken cast down but not destroyed in other words when your trials come through the door you say I've seen this before can I get a witness I've been here before I felt this before but my God is an awesome God isn't he awesome he will do far, exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you ask or think to the only wise God. Now, before I take my text, let me tell you how deep that is what I just said. Each level is a superlative. In English, the word superlative means you can't go any higher. 
So Paul said, that God is so deep, he exceeds the superlative. He will do far exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you ask or think. Can I get a witness? I'm so glad God didn't come in my bedroom and ask my opinion how to make me whole. I'm glad he's got a plan of his own. I'm glad he's got a power to transform. Isn't that right? Bless his name. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. A disturbance in the force. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 33. When you get to say amen. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. A disturbance in the force. Order is one of God's strongest characteristics as his presence, power, and person demands peace. My peace I leave with you. Let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be agitated. The peace of God that passes all understanding. And confusion, and there are folk in church full of hell. Now somebody need to say it. You bought it to church and you take it back home. Amen. And confusion, on the other hand, is divisive. Deserting. It's, it's deceptive. As uh, we major in confusion. It's a hidden havoc that permeates our being is selfish, self-centered, and satanically motivated. People who always cause confusion are tools of the devil. And everywhere they go, they take this trailer with them. If you're on the usher board, we watch our watches. It's a matter of time before the usher board is divisive. You join the choir, the choir is separated. Everywhere some of us go, we take confusion with us. There are confusions in our marriage, marriages, Confusion in our minds, confusion about our money, confusion. And, 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 and the ones that accept that they at times are confusing or bring confusion, they can see there are some that are in denial, but something is not right. You're angry, you're agitated. You got attitudes, and then you can cut the corner and act nice to certain people. See, I need consistency. If you're going to be nasty, be nasty to everybody. Can I get a witness? Don't, don't be nasty to some people and not nasty to others because that's deceptive. And, and, and what's happening, next week we'll be back on conflict, part two, 
internal conflict, James says, where's all this hell coming from? It ain't coming from St. Matthew. It's coming from within you. Can I get a witness? And, and, and so the fact that it might, could be expectations, could be whatever it is, amen. The fact that the matter is confusion is of the devil. Can I get a witness? It is a component that causes selfish, hellish divisions. It impedes light. It impedes fellowship. I want to look at this in 3D because, uh, you know, I, uh, over the years, I've, uh, I was counseling this couple about 20 years ago and, and they came in, I prayed with them. I said, what's the problem? You know, they, well, uh, and, and the wife started talking and said, well, I, I, I don't know what to say. He, the other night he said he had to go to Wawa and Wawa's right up the street. And when he came back, I said, uh, You've been going more than five minutes. Where did you go? I said, five minutes? So the minute he closed the door, a timer started. And I said, where is this coming from? Maybe the store is crowded. You know. And so what we do, we disguise what's really bothering us. And confusion leads to conflict. Yeah, conflict leads to separation. And everybody thinks they're innocent. Everybody thinks they're innocent. The fact of the matter is, when you look at the scripture, I want to first say, and I'm going to get out your way, and that there, there's some confusing aspects about my life. You know, sometimes I got to, the Holy Spirit's talking to me, I got to stop Paul's park, get things together, remember that I'm a pastor. And not back on the streets of South Philly. You know, you, you know how it is. Just, no, I'm serious. I, you know, I got to, because there's something in me. There's something in me. There's something in me. I, I'm not letting anybody hurt me, run over me. I, it ain't happening. You got the wrong one. And, and, and where's that coming from? Well, it's coming from the flesh. That's, that's a worldly trait. Can I get a witness? So the Lord is telling me, just be still, shut it down, don't say nothing, just put your head down and pray, you know. And that's a lot of work. <laughs> that's, that's a whole lot of work. Y'all looking at me funny, that's a lot of work. In the name of Jesus, I, I love y'all, I love y'all. We got we to gotta, we gotta be transparent in here, amen. I went to a closed door in Philly last week. And I, I, my car, it wasn't no parking spot. They said, we watch your car. I ran in the closed door, and this real big guy was in there. The guy was waiting on, and he had his clothes out there. And the guy said, Pastor Gordon. And he came over to me, and I said, man, go back and wait on him. So the big guy looked at me and said, that's all right. I'll see you outside. I said, what you going to do, shake my hand? And everybody started laughing. I said, don't be selling no wolf tickets here, Doc. We... The Lord says, muscle, muscle, muscle. Muzzle it up, you know, and, and so uh, in the name of Jesus, I, I keep telling myself I want to be like Jesus. WWJD, what would Jesus do? So the next time you argue with your maid or fussing at your children, what would Jesus do? Can I get a witness? Y'all getting quiet on me. Confusion comes from an interesting root. The word confusion in the Greek is instability. There is an instability operating that's causing confusion. Could be an insecurity, could be you need attention, you're not getting it. Could be um, you're reacting to something in your past. And the problem is it's the innocent that are held hostage for our stuff. I'll deal with that. The ones that are trying to love you and help you are not the ones that hurt you. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. 
confusion. Mm. And I've been involved with confusion. Where I've walked away and didn't even know, uh, couldn't substantiate what I was doing. Because confusion jumped in. Won't it jump? Mm. Don't bring that up in here. I ain't your mother. That's interesting. <laughs> oh. uh. I want I want you to see the first thing about confusion, and you you can, you can get quiet all you want, but everybody has played a part with confusion. Uh, confusion creates a divide to order. Proverbs 14 says, a wise woman builds her house, a foolish woman tears it down with her own hands. Uh, very interesting that when we look at this matter of divide, I want to first deal with the context of 1 Corinthians 14. I'm going to go through this as quickly as possible. If you're a Bible student, hold on because we're going somewhere. That Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. This is a carnal, messed up church. 16 chapters, 15 problems. He's answering problems on marriage, chapter 7, carnality, chapter 3, uh, uh, stewards, chapter 4, fornication, chapter 5, uh, you, you know, uh, taking each other to court, chapter 6. Uh, I mean, every chapter is a problem among Christians, so-called Christians. So Paul is saying in chapter 3, I wanted to speak to you, but I couldn't because you're carnal, you're fleshly, you're under sin. Mm. He said, whereas there are divisions among you, are you not carnal? All right, so, so, so Paul equates carnality with divisions. A house divided cannot stand. Are y'all with me? And, 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 and when two entities come together to become one, somebody's got to take the lower level and not demand the higher. There's got to be a humility to bring things together. Are y'all with me today? And so Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, and the, the subject is tongues, but... It's much greater than tongues because in 1 Corinthians 13, 8, he, he deals with the permanency of love in the spirit. Love never fails. So his subject is, here are some things that will never fail. All right, love will never fail. But whether there be prophecies they will stop. Mm -hmm. Whether there be uh, tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. So when you look at Paul's context, first, when 1 Corinthians was written, the Bible was not complete. So God said, when you come together, uh, and somebody stands and speaks in a tongue, glossolalia's language that nobody else understands, not gibberish. Let there be two prophets there, two New Testament prophets, to in fact, amen, clarify what's being said. So when Paul says prophecy, Shall, see, shall, shall fade away. It was never God's ordeal for prophets to remain in the church. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit is the superintendent of church age. Uh-huh, hanging there. And he goes from prophecies to knowledge. Knowledge is an on-the-spot enlightenment by the Holy Spirit. That's going to cease too. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit is going to rule this age. 
uh, and through the gifts of God's people, he will, he, will, he will give you the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which we deem as being speaking gifts, serving gifts, and sign gifts will stop. There's 20 books after 1 Corinthians, no more mention of knowledge, prophecy, and tongues. No need for it. So Paul is saying, I speak more in tongues than anybody, but when you speak, make sure there's two prophets there because God is a God of order. He's a God of order. To just come out and blurt out stuff and to have these imaginations outside of your physical self is satanic. Mm, God is a God of order. So since God is a God of order, he wants everything done in an orderly fashion. And if you don't have the two prophets there, you don't have the gift of knowledge there, be quiet. Because it's better to prophesy than speak in tongues anyhow. That everybody may be understood. Paul goes on to say, now I'm just dealing with the context. Context, Paul goes on to say, um, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come. The word that is not a person, it's an inanimate object. When that which is perfect has come, that which is in part shall be done away. Well, that is the eternal state, Revelation 22, 4. When I see Jesus face to face, there will be no need for teachers. There'll be no need for prophecy in tongues. There'll be no need for miracles. I'm going to see him face to face, and I'm going to be like him. Lord have mercy. That's the context. And he says, when I was a child, I thought as a child, understood as a child, but when I became a man, maturity, I put away childish things. When you look at that saying, and so many preachers don't tell you, that saying is connected with interpretation of the word. And he's saying baptisms, tongues, and miracles are child's play. What you need to do is get a track and get somebody out of hell. Get them saved. And stop going on a job arguing about tongues and denominations who are right and who are wrong. Hmm, interesting. That's the context. For God is not a God of confusion. And when you see people fussing, fighting, arguing, bickering, these people are opinionated, and they're wrong, opinionated, and all they do is stir up trouble. Just, just keep your eye on them. They go from church to church, from ministry to ministry, and they just stir up trouble. Hmm. Temptations called it ball of confusion. That's all it is. There's a whole bunch of confusion. Hmm. Do you have to complain about everything? Well, I praise God for St. Matthew's but. Well, but you, because I ain't listening to you. I don't let people control me by their opinions. I'm too strong for that. I've been there 32 years. I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. We done built this ministry up through the power of the Holy Spirit. Your opinion means nothing to me. You're entitled to it, and that's it. You can have your First Amendment, Second Amendment, Third Amendment, Fourth Amendment. Don't mean a thing. I'm not letting your opinion bother me. It ain't happening because you ain't got all the facts. I got facts, and we don't agree. Well, I, I, I was wondering. Uh, that's your problem. Wonder at home. Wonder bread. Two pieces of bread, no meat. Wonder. I don't fool with that. So you go to somebody else who's weak, wounded, and weary, and you throw, all, you dump all that stuff on them, and they walking around like the hunchback in Notre Dame. They done got all your opinions, and 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 that's the way it is. But that's just because they're full of hell. They are not concerned about God's agenda. They're concerned about their feelings. They're fractures. So Paul, oh, I'm going to preach. 
that I'm going home and watch football. So your opinions ain't going to mean nothing anyhow. The, the bottom line is, and you need to see this, confusion separates. Some of your children are confusion. You got peace till they come to your house. You should have took the key. They shouldn't even walk in. The minute they come in, everything breaks out. Mm. Mm-hmm. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. They got a mind of their own, and out of disrespect, they're going to bring another opinion in your home and throw everything topsy-turvy. Interesting. I had a, I did a wedding here about 20 years ago, and this lady from Virginia, she seemed nice. I didn't know who she was. She, she came up to me and she said, you know, I've been a wedding coordinator for 30 years, and I have never seen uh, anything. I said, well, baby, that's your, that's your opinion. That's the way we do it here. Bye. I don't care what you've done for 30 years. I don't care about your opinion. You should have got married in Virginia. Don't come up here with that. There's, a, you know, you can, you can say it a different way. You know, you know, being a coordinator, there, there are a lot of ways to do it. Well, you know, don't come throwing accusations at me. You know what I mean? So, so the fact of the matter is, is that uh, folk, folk are full of confusion. I know on your jobs, you got folk full of confusion. Every time they walk around the coffee pot, here's another argument. Because they're opinionated. We leave the context and we move to creation. Now, now, now listen, this is going to be meat, so it's going to get a little stuffy in here. Uh, in Genesis 1, you don't have to turn if you don't want to. Genesis 1, it says, in the beginning of time, because John 1, 1 is eternity. It's really an oxymoron. In the beginning, amen, was the word, logos. That, the reason that's an oxymoron is because there is no beginning to eternity. Eternity has no beginning and no ending. But if it were a beginning, God was already here. Are, you, are y'all getting this? So in Genesis 1, in the beginning, Elohim, God, the plurality of the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, Elohim, created, ex nihilo in the Greek, called into existence something out of nothing. God created, Barah, ex nihilo, the heavens and the earth. Now, 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 there are all kinds of theories here, and, you know, I'm going to lay it out for you. It is believed by many that something drastic happened between verse 1 and verse 2. And the earth was void, that means empty, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, verse 3, Genesis 1, moved and brought light to darkness. Now, Isaiah 45, 18, you might want to write that down, says, God doesn't create anything void. God doesn't create create anything dark. Everything that God creates is full of light and good. Are are y'all with me? So, so the deductive, uh, the the deduction comes when you go over, Lord have mercy, to Job thirty-seven that says, "At creation, the angels shouted for joy," meaning angels were here before the universe was. Lucifer was probably leading the bandwagon of shouting. It is believed in the gap and restoration theory, and it's only a theory, that between verse 1 and verse 2 is when Lucifer fell and became Satan. Jesus said, I saw you falling like lightning. Remember that? You say, well, I don't believe that. Well, you, ain't, you don't have to believe, but you got to get him down before chapter 3. Because chapter 3, he's in the Garden of Eden tempting the couple, Adam and Eve. So what we see is 
even in creation, there was chaos, emptiness, and darkness in verse 2. And God is not associated with chaos in whatever he does. Lord, have mercy. He took six protracted days, 24 hours a day, in Hebrew called Yom, to create everything. And rested on the seventh. The word rested simply means he was finished. And he sanctified it as a Sabbath rest. Are y'all with me? So not only in the context do we see the, the chaotic dealing, but we see it in creation. And then secondly, we see it in the communication of Genesis 11 at the Tower of Babel. Nimrod and boys say, look, let's build a ziggurat. Let's put our bricks together so we can reach heaven. And God said, let us go down and confound them. Let's bring confusion to their work so that they can't come together. Separation. That same spirit that caused confusion in Genesis 11 was the same spirit at Pentecost that brought different languages together. Uh, this is meaty. But not only child of God at, 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 at the, in the context and that creation and the communication, but even the counterfeits in Acts 19, don't turn. When Sceva and his brothers went up to Peter and said, can we buy this gift from you? The gift was to cast out demons. And the demon began to speak. Turn to your neighbor and say, demons speak. Can you speak? And the demon said, wait a minute, the demon said, Paul we know and Jesus we know. But who are you? That's interesting. We know, suggests, Paul has divine permission. Jesus is Lord. Who in the world are you? And they jumped all over the sons of Sceva, Acts 19. That when you, when you look at this thing of confusion, always divides order. Man, when I started pastoring back in 87, I, I learned so much about church folk. No, I thought I knew them. I called them something else. But when I started pastoring them, I said, this is interesting. You have folks sitting in the back that were quiet, but the night before they got on the phone and told these fools what to say. And they carried it out. So they look innocent. So when I'm, when I, look, when I look at you, birds of a feather flock together. So I look at your company and I can deduct what kind of person you are. Can I get a witness? The, the fact of the matter is, is that what happens when confusion enters the picture Something is going to divide. It's going to divide. It's going to divide. Sister Gordon's a very elegant lady, very educated, very, very distinct. God bless her. They had a, they had a woman's retreat years ago, and she, she sits down and tells the speakers what they can and cannot say. And uh, I found out through the grapevine because somebody called me up from the retreat site and said, this woman up there talking about herbs and all that when she should have been talking about the word. And I started getting angry. So I talked to Sister G. She, she said, well, I took care of her. I said, you should have threw her butt out. <laughs> now, if I was up there, she would have came down on the spot. Uh, excuse me, Negro. Come here. Come here. Come here. Bye. You out of here. You know, and, and uh, uh, but with her tact and with her godly spirit, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, 
Um, fact of the matter is, once we ask you to do something and you don't do it, I don't care about your feelings. I, I really don't care about your feelings. I, I don't care. You hurt my feelings. I'm going to hurt them again. That, that ain't happening up in there. Fact of the matter is, we got to have order. We can't have people doing what they want to do in church and, hey, I am preaching to somebody in the back, uh, shouting something in some language nobody ever heard before. And, and you got people running around the church when the preacher's trying to preach and the choir's trying to sing and you run up here and grab a mic and you start singing. And we, can't, we can't have that kind of mess. We can't have that kind of mess up in here. Well, you supposed to be singing on a choir and you got a micro mini skirt on and, and every time you hit a note, you hit <laughs> we, we, we ain't having that up in here, Doc. You in the wrong club. Look good. In fact, that ain't happening. I'm a preach. We're going to have order in here. There's order on your job. Isn't that right? And there's order in your home. In the name of Jesus. So, so the fact of the matter is, uh, hallelujah. Yeah, I know y'all looking at me saying, where's this spirit coming from? <laughs> but, 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 uh, confusion causes separation. That's what it does. We're going to be so surprised when we get to heaven. And we're standing around the judgment seat of Christ. You're not answering for sins. Your sins were taken care of the cross. You will answer for your works. We're going to be so surprised because stuff that we think that we were right in, Jesus is going to say, you weren't right. You, you were the cause of this. You were the problem. And that's before the whole church. That means I got to answer before the whole church. The universal body of Christ. Raymond Gordon, front and center. Yes, Lord. I got an answer. You too, shorty. And, and, ain't, nothing, and ain't nothing going on the screen from my former life. I had to say, I had to say that. Watch people that point at others. Uh, so, 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 confusion, a house divided cannot stand. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Do I have a witness? You can do what you want to do, but here, here, jo Joshua in his old age said, I can tell you right now, as for me and my house, we're serving the Lord. Y'all can go with them foreign gods. You can do what you want to do. We're going to serve Yahweh. Do I have a witness? That, that is, that is, not only does confusion separate order, and it does. And it does. And I, I was encouraging people that, that, that get married. It takes time to negotiate and work through stuff. Do I have a witness? It, it really does. It takes time. It takes time. Even, even, even in, I, I used to study migration lines. People from North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia went to Philadelphia, New York. People from Mississippi and Louisiana went to Chicago. People from Texas and Louisiana went to L.A. So those migration lines are interesting to study out. But even the cooking is different. People in Virginia cook candy sweet potatoes in the oven with syrup. People in Philly and New York put their candy sweet potatoes on top of the stove with sugar and butter. Are y'all you, are you with me? Even, can y'all cook? If not, don't make no face. But, but even, even, the, even, the, even, the, even, the, even the lines... Even the cooking is different. And do I have a witness? And, I, you know, I learned all this because I got relatives in New York. And my mother said, come on, we go to New York, see your cousins. And went up there and everybody hugged us. When we got in the door, we sitting watching television, all my cousins in New York. And out of the side of my eye, I kept, 
I kept noticing that they was going into the kitchen one by one. They say in New York, they'll give you all the liquor you want, but you ain't getting no food. And in Philly, they'll give you all the food you want, but you ain't getting no liquor. So, so, so I, I found out, Doc, that, well, why do they keep getting up one by one eating? They ain't want to feed you. And they're your cousins. What kind of mess is this? If you're from New York, forgive me. I just call it like, I, like it is. Oh, Lord. And, 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 and so confusion is characteristic of demonic activity in his deceptions another spirit that's what that's what peter was saying peter said peter, peter said peter said first peter 5 he says he says uh you know be alert be sober because your adversary the devil is walking back and forth, studying you, seeking whom he may devour. Are y'all getting this? Yeah, yeah. That, 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 is, that is the devilish activity is deception. People deceive all the time. They get, deception is giving you the impression of one thing when underneath the surface is a whole other thing. Are y'all, are y'all with me? That, that is not only deception, I'm going to get out your way, but, amen, diabolical and disbelief. Satan wants to damage your faith. He's the one telling you not to believe the word of God. He's the one telling you not to rest in the promises of God. He's the one telling you, go to your feelings and not your faith. Because when you are in the faith closet, nothing's going to bother you. Because it's all on him. Do I have a witness? Uh, yeah, I, I'm down this morning, but I've been here before. I've prayed, and I'm looking to the Lord, and I'm waiting on him to pull me out of this mess. I'm waiting on him to heal. I'm waiting on him to change. I'm waiting on him, come on, and to transfer some power to this pitiful situation. I just believe God. You got to, as Christians, you just got to believe God. You can't believe everything you see. You can't believe everything you feel. You can't believe everything you think. You just got to believe God. And Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him for righteousness. Can the Lord furnish a table in the wilderness and the answer is yes is there anything too hard for the Lord and the answer is no can I get a witness you got to know this book you got to know them promises and it's the promises that give you power can I get a witness you got to talk to yourself well I've been young and now I'm old I've never, I'm talking to somebody, seen the righteous forsaken, never seen the seed begging bread. And we know that all things are being worked together for the good. Can I get a witness? He may not come when you want him, but he's right on time. He's an on-time God. God said, before you call, I will answer. Didn't he say that? I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither be afraid. Can I get a witness? He said, all power is in my hands. That's what makes you stand. The reason we keep going like that bunny rabbit is because the promises of God are powerful. Can I get a witness? Child of God, uh, confusion not only uh, uh, will bring deception and and disbelief, it'll bring displacement. This morning, you ought to be in one place. I'm not talking, I'm talking metaphorically. You ought to be at one point in your life, not 10. Look at Joseph, chapter 50 of Genesis. Am I not in the place of God? In other words, am I not where God wants me to be? 
and he went through some trouble, didn't he? His brothers threw him in the pit. Remember that, right? From the pit to the palace by way of prison. He spent two years in prison and interpreted dreams for the butler and the baker. Remember that? Y'all need to read the Bible. In the name of Jesus. And Potiphar's wife. Potiphar's wife was fine, and she went up to Joseph and said, My, you're handsome. And she said, come lay with me. And he said, I can't do that. You, you are the wife of my master. And she grabbed him by the shirt and he ran and left it in her hand. And she took a shirt to Pharaoh and said, he tried to rape me. <laughs> now, I got to be honest. I, can I be honest? As fine as Potiphar was, I would have said, baby, you're nudging my suit too hard. I'm coming. <laughs> you just, <laughs> you ain't got to tear it open. But child of God, when you look at this Bible, there's a deep price to pay for confusion. Woe unto the people that separate my people. Woe to the mouth that causes divisions. Woe to the motives that have us in derision. That's what uh, Miriam did. And Aaron, Miriam said, I'm your older sister. Did God only talk through you? Moses fell down and stopped praying, and the Lord struck her with leprosy. You cannot operate out of a divine dynamic when God didn't give you the divine dynamic. That, that is, that is, we are living in the midst of a bunch of confusion. This nation is in confusion. This world is in confusion. Politics is in confusion. Can I get a witness? And God sends judgment after confusion. Yes, he does. Where the carcass is, the eagle will follow. The carcass is sin, the eagle's judgment. Every time sin goes unjudged, there is an eagle tracking it. Can I get a witness? Y'all ain't getting this. You can't stay in sin all your life, especially if you save. You can't stay there. You got to get up, get dressed, and get out. Do I have a witness? Somebody got to preach this stuff. You can't live in deviant behavior and expect the church to agree with your lifestyle. You can't do it. Come out from among them. Mm. That confusion. I was, I was saying this last week, and I was saying this some time ago. As you, as you get older, you start to see trends in society, and evil is getting much more bold and much less worrisome to people. Are y'all with me? There was a time that everybody hid their sin. It wasn't public. Everything's in the open now. And what they want, they want you to agree with them. And these preachers ain't preaching nothing. They ain't saying nothing. Prosperity. The fact of the matter is, is that uh, when we look at this matter of confusion, and I, I, I have been, I have been confused, and I've been in some confusion. And if I had to go back, there's certain things I wouldn't do over. Can I get a witness? Because it emanated not out of my faith, out of my feelings, out of my flesh. Are y'all with me? There, there were things that Satan used. He came up, these strongholds, he came up beside me and he conveniently used my weaknesses to cause more confusion. Am I right? That's the way he works. And then he gives us a rationale as a leaning post. Well, ain't nothing wrong with what you doing. You only being human. <laughs> you're, you're, only, you're only doing what's natural. 
that uh, confusion. Confusion. And when I look at marriages that have confusion, it's not one person. It's both. One may be causing some things. The other one going to make the other one pay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One is kind to the kids. The other one's nasty to you. Hmm. Are y'all hungry? I'm glad you came over. Come here, I made this meal. And here come your mate. Baby, did you cook? Right. Fix your own plate. What kind of mess is that? The octave in the voice even changes. So confusion is a part of all of us. And what we're in confusion about typically has nothing to do with the ones we're fighting. It's something we're coming up that has invaded your thinking and you need an object of placement to put it on somebody else. You need to blame somebody for, your, for you feeling unhappy. Well, you know what? If I had to do it, oh God, I wouldn't have married him. I ain't been happy since I married him. What kind of mess is that? You weren't happy before he married you. It's tight. It's tight. Think about, think about those of you that married. Think about before you got married. No, no, go back. I ain't talking about your sin. Go back. You really weren't happy then. You just ain't nobody to blame. And what makes us change is that the Holy Spirit opens up our eyes to ourselves. God the Holy Spirit is not opening your eyes to me. He's opening your eyes to yourself. Me, myself, and I. You remember Mary Martha? Two loving sisters, they were Lazarus' sisters. In fact, Lazarus was Jesus' best friend. That, that's, that's what puzzled disciples. How are you going to turn your backs on your best friends? And when Jesus came in, in, in Bethany four days later, Martha ran out and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Didn't she say that? And then, and then, and then he started, she started complaining to Jesus. She said, no. I'm trying to cook these greens and chicken and potato salad. And Mary is sitting at your feet with a Bible. Tell her to come and help me. And Jesus said, no, she's chosen the better part. Didn't he say that? I wouldn't have said that. I would say, get in that kitchen and get some, get some greens together, man. But, but that one, one's a doer, one's a rester. One's a believer, one's rambunctious. You ain't getting this. Two different kinds of Christians. One is in a state of confusion. The other is in a state of comfort. My God. Confusion. There are people in my family I don't even want to deal with no more. No, I, no, I love them. I pray for them. But I hurry up and get back in my car and get out of there. I, 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 it's just, it's just too, it's, it's too much, too much, too much. And I done heard every lie under the sun. I done heard it all. You know, uh, you know, and I sit there and I sit, you know, and I done preached and preached and preached and preached and preached and preached. And uh, so the fact of the matter is, God says, no, you can't do that. Um, they need you spiritually. Can I get a witness? How many of y'all want to uh, go the other way on your family? Raise your hand. It's all right. Oh, is that all? Oh, we got a great church. Take some of my family members. It's all right. Take, take some of them. Oh, you know. In the name. In the name. 
Here's my final point. I'm getting out of your way. Confusion is characteristic not only of a divide and of the devil, but it is characteristic that your desires outcomes will not come to pass. God, Paul said in 2 Corinthians 10, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not fleshly. They're not human. But they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. I'm going to define what a stronghold is. It's a self-protective device. When you felt vulnerable, you start building something to protect yourself. And Satan uses that every time against you. Do I have a witness? He, he says, for the weapons of our warfare are mighty as long as they're gone through God. Confusion is the disturbance in the force. Confusion is a division in the faith. It's a devastation in the freedom. God is not a God of confusion. Because Satan didn't put Jesus on the cross. God put Jesus on the cross. I wish I had a witness. God, the Father, and Jesus had an eternal pact before the world was. Jesus said in John 17, in the garden of Gethsemane, while he was praying the high priestly prayer, he said, I really don't want to drink this bitter cup. Cup was death, but nevertheless, not my will. But may thine will be done. And then in John 17, he said, Now, Father, and this is before he went to the cross, give me back the Shekinah that I had with you from the beginning. Do I have a witness? Give me back the glory, the outward manifestation of glory. I never ceased being God on the inside, but I had an outward manifestation of God, and I zipped it up in this suit of humanity so I could go to the cross and die because you can't kill God. Can I get a witness? He humbled himself and became sin for us. He died on the cross for our sins. Didn't he die? They hung him up at 9 a.m. in the morning, put him between two thieves. Do I have a witness? And at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, before the Sabbath broke, he dropped his head in the locks of his shoulders. And he said, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. You got to learn how to commit your spirit. Can I get a witness? And the Bible said he died. Didn't he die? He died till the sun stopped shining. He died till the earth stopped reeling and rocking. He died to a Roman centurion said, surely this was the son of God. But you can't end it there because Peter says when he died, he went tripping down into hell, into Sheol to preach to the spirits that God had chained back in Genesis 6 who kept not their first estate. Can I get a witness? And when he came into hell, some angels shot out of heaven with a trumpet in his hand and said, lift up your heads, holy gates, and be lifted up to everlasting arms for the king of glory shall come in. Some imp said, who is this king of glory? Abraham's bosom was on the other side. Abraham said, I'll tell you who he is. He's a city on a hill. Ezekiel said, he's a will in a wheel. Jeremiah said he's a bomb in Gilead that can heal the sin sick soul. Can I get a witness? 
He died. Then he died. He died on a Friday. Then he died. When you're having a bad Friday, you got to look to Sunday. There is no Sunday without a Friday. Can I get a witness? But early, he got up. Then he get up with all power in his hands. Then he get up. He's king of kings. He's lord of lords. He's the potentate of paradise. Say yeah. Say yeah. He's worthy. And he worthy. And he worthy. He's worthy. To be praised. Can I get a witness? Hallelujah. And every time confusion comes into your life, he dispels it. Every time Satan thinks he's got you, he makes him let you go. Do I have a witness? Satan thought he had Jairus' daughter, but God freed her. Satan thought he had the woman with the issue of blood, but God healed her. Do I have a witness? Satan knew he had Lazarus. He had been dead four days, but God raised him up. Won't God come when you need him? May not come when you want him, but he's right on time. He's an on-time God. He's worthy to be praised. So, Lord, take all my confusion. Lord, take all my contempt. Lord, take all my history. Lord, take all my sin. Lord, take all my mess and take it with you. Lord, heal me and strengthen me. Create in me a clean heart. I want my confusion dealt with. Don't you want your confusion dealt with? Confusion can come in the midnight hour. It can come in the morning. It can come in midday. But give God all your confusion. Lord, here it is. Free me up. Make me shout. Make me bless your name. Can I get a witness? All of my confusion is on the altar for the Lord. All of my confusion. The way I think, the way I act, the way I walk, my denials, my anger, my attitudes, all that's confusion. Leave your confusion with Jesus and he will make you whole. Won't he make you whole? He will make you whole. He will make you whole. It's not your husband. It's not your wife, it's not your children, it's not your age. It's something that's been operating in you for years. Lord, take all my confusion and crucify it in the name of Jesus. Let's stay on our feet this morning. Let's stay on our feet. Let's get the Lord a hand clap. Come on now. We can do this thing. We can do this thing. Hallelujah. As every head is bowed, eyes closed. If you're here this morning and you need to be saved. Now listen, listen, because this is not a formality. The world is wrapping up. Jesus is soon to come back. If you're not saved, you're going to hell and you're going to burn. You must be born again, John 3. If you want to be saved, if you don't know if you're saved, raise your hand. Put your hand in the air. Pastor, I want to give my life to Christ. Once you're saved, you're saved. If you're looking for a church home, raise your hand. Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that we are permeated by confusion. Confusion is on every side. We become mixed up, messed up, and God, we need you to step in and dissolve our confusion. Give us peace that passes all understanding 
My peace I give to you, not as the world giveth. So God, as we leave this place but never your presence, dismiss us with your choices, benediction, and help us to have peace, the peace of God that passes all understanding. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. God bless you. We love you. Have a great day. See you Wednesday.